you know, what I'm feeling in, in my head. Right? Where I'm seeing a picture, I'm like remembering some conversation, I'm remembering some image immediately. So it's your mind like when you talk to somebody about your experience, you'll be thinking all that. But in a picture, it just comes as one image. So like in most of these person projects, I see that as an entry point, the image. It's not the exit. It's just the entry point, And then you kind of construct some things around it and to make that experience your own. Hello, beautiful people. You're listening to Photo Country, and I'm your host, Rajiv. This is episode 39. And in this episode, I caught up with Madhavan Parniswami, a photographer from Chennai, India, who brings various art forms together, writing, drawing, photography, and moving images. He's fascinated with magic realism, and through his work, he attempts to interpret the strange world that we live in. His playful images ask the profound questions that we all face. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And how are we connected? So without further ado, let's get into this conversation with Maddie, a.k.a. Madhavan Paraniswami. Thanks, Maddie. Thanks for making the time to come on the show. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So uh, just to give you a backstory, uh, I've the you popped on my radar because Ravindran Solomon, who I talked to before, yes. mentioned that you have to talk to Maddie. And uh, yes, yeah, so here we are. And uh, thanks, yeah. thanks once again. Um, it's very interesting to see your work because um, a few things that kind of popped out to me when seeing your work. I mean, I'm not talking about your commercial work, but your, your personal work uh, is one. It very much reminded me of uh, the Japanese photographer, Daidu Moriyama. And if you've heard of that guy, so he had uh, uh, one of his most famous iconic photographs is the dog. Photograph of a mongrel dog. Mongrel, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So uh, very much uh, your upper and your animals uh, reminded me. (laughs) It's it's, in a I'm not sure if, if it was uh, intentional, but but it reminded me of the uh, Daidu's uh, work, sort of the absurdity of uh, of life. Because look around you, everybody is chasing perfection, chasing beauty, chasing you know the uh, whatever version of beauty. But you know the stark opposite opposition is your work, right? So, and the other thing is you mixed your drawings. Uh, before you actually I, I read one of your interviews, it I felt like it looks like a caveman's drawing. And mm-hmm. you had mentioned that in one of the interviews as well. I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm right. So, yeah. Yeah, so how yeah. did you sort of get here? Ah, okay. So this uh, something about the aesthetic you're talking about. How do we get to this kind of yeah. aesthetic? Yeah, like yeah. How, how you sort of arrived at this kind of style if i can call it that yeah yeah um yeah to talk about um you know the uh, the reference that you brought about um uh, uh, thing um meaning a lot of black photographers are influenced by those kind of textures especially someone who just goes like a madman shoots everything and then like pushes the grain and so the aesthetic is uh not derived from that however uh, however, like I think, like a lot of us are 
course, influenced by something. Seeing those kind of things, seeing a lot of other photographers, seeing grainy uh, black and white movies that that are made in the 50s, 60s in Japan, Europe, and India, and uh, those kind of things. So, in your um, and then like you know even it, even now, um, a lot of photographers practice this kind of aesthetic when it comes to um, comes to this kind of. Uh, work, which is personal documentary, and actually, in a way, we are um, going out and shooting it, um, knowing that the results are not guaranteed. Um, you know, we sometimes use kind of certain kind of film or certain kind of cameras, light, and uh, go out and take pictures. That doesn't guarantee. So, therefore, we are actually not um, uh, playing on the luck, but depending on it uh, to to turn it into something. So then, you know, you can shape it into something. So that is one part of the process, um, which is like going away from, uh, say, for example, at some point, digital was kind of very, very uh, um, predictable, right? Like, you you know, the results and you tweak the results as you go. So therefore, you want something a little bit more outside the box uh, of that digital uh, knowable realm. So... Therefore, you you choose some processes like analog that will give you some amount of predict in like non predictability or uh, surprise that you call it. Plus, when when it comes back, you are not satisfied with the uh, with the experience fully because you know that you are sensing not in a unidimensional picture, uh, which is a photograph. You're sensing a certain fear or uh, excitement or uh, um, hope or something else, which is another dimension, which which uh, maybe in a movie it's possible to add with sound or whatever. But in a picture, like, you know, I wanted to like try writing um, and then a little bit of uh, drawing so that it kind of encapsulates, you know, what I'm feeling in, in my head. Like I'm seeing a picture, I'm like remembering some conversation, I'm remembering some image immediately. So, it's your mind like when you talk to somebody about your experience, you'll be thinking all that. But in a picture, it just comes as one image. So like in most of these personal projects, I see that as an entry point, the image is not the exit. It's just the entry point. And then you kind of construct uh, some things around it. And to make that experience your own. Um, a lot of people, of course, do it um, like this, you know, um, um, whether they use drawings on the wall like Roger Bali, um, there is Saurav Hura who's uh, done beautiful work on his mother and a lot of his pictures are uh, you know, driven by this kind of an aesthetic um, and some people do use drawings and writings as well like what I do um, but it's it's kind of like a some people like it because it's more journal, like diaristic and um, like in, from the inner world um, but this this practice developed also because I kind of moved away from for my personal work, traditional pictures. I do like uh, painterly traditional pictures as well. Um, I really like that. But on the other side, I wanted to uh, create something a bit more avant-garde and a bit more uh, unconventional. Um, and so therefore, I thought like, what are the low-key elements of drawing and writing and like black and white and grainy pictures and see if I can, you know, play with it. And, um, and, um, yeah, so it, it, it worked out and continues to work out, uh, because it's like, 
you know, so many years of trying this out and at some point it clicks. You know, so right. so many years of scribbling, so many years of writing, noticing something, tearing and pasting things on things. So it kind of like, you know, uh, it works like that. And it's more like a part of learning, part of unlearning, part of like thinking that, okay, we'll try it out. You know, what is that lose kind of thing? Yeah. Right. right. So part intention to add, part intention to delete something like this. Right. Well, but has comes up. this practice... Uh, influenced your commercial work or you know I mean uh, mm. does mm. that how, how has it uh, improved quote unquote improved your work um, okay by, by work do you mean commercial work or like commercial work, work like like because okay. commercial work you, you are you know mandated by the brief so as to speak like yes. you have commercial yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. restriction yeah. as to like you have to deliver to specifications um but uh, have you got the freedom to sort of mm, portray your style in that uh, in terms of your personal work your the artist yeah. in you yeah um i would say like in some cases yes the the thing how it works is that um you know the clients who care about your work um of course the commission work is how we get our um get our uh, you know uh, monies and that's how we kind of sustain so i'm very grateful for uh, all those jobs that comes my way they are also like interested in what i do um as personal work what i do as like something that sits between personal and commission which uh, i do for uh, portraits for friends or uh, musicians so there are like so there are three types mm-hmm. of like yeah yeah, yeah. so there is okay. obviously the commercial work that um that is uh, uh, that is based on a brief and a problem right. solution and uh, attraction those kind of things but the the clients are very happy to work with me sometimes because they know that i do like something offbeat uh, so that informs them that maybe uh, we can do slightly more authentic work with his team or my team um, and those people who like musicians or like um, other artists or some passion clients that I have, uh, some of them, they are like ready to kind of even draw a little bit more from my personal aesthetic. So it's been working also because I kind of stayed away from a lot of uh, clients who want a purely a commercial image, which I may not be able to, I mean, create it for them. So I sometimes tell them that I'm not the, the person and put them on some things. Yeah. So in a so way it's has- worked out. Uh, yeah. yeah. So there has yeah, to be like a between the brand and uh, you as well. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, like some, right. sometimes like in the commercially and aesthetically, there is a fit. Sometimes there is a, a philosophical fit that is much more important. Uh, I wouldn't call it spiritual, but more philosophical about how, how do you view life and how do you view like people around you? Um, you know, like what, what kind of makes you kind of go around kind of things. So if... Right. A little bit of that kind of matches, then you are um, able to explore a little bit more, and you're able to give clients more, experiment more for them, go a little bit more for them, and they'll do the same uh, for us. Yeah. So, I mean, just going back to your upbringing, your uh, my, when I see some of your interviews that you shared with me, and also some of your writings, uh, you you know you had a very uh, 
different kind of a, you know in terms of your home is filled with a lot of literature um uh, in, uh, very intellectual upbringing if right so and your brother was a photographer as well so did that sort of influence your entry into photography and is there where your magic realism influence started as well um yes i i um yeah i think whatever you mentioned is it's true like there's one side um um i know uh, the opportunity uh, that i had to see uh, my dad and his friends in their uh, you know like in their true uh, selves and powers um discussing stuff and reading and and having so many books in the house magazines and a lot of magazines national film magazines kind of still informs the kind of aesthetic that i that i'm going in for uh which is a bit surreal or editorial lore you know and later uh, the magic realism part also happened because um i i started reading a lot of from uh, fiction um that is that's got magical elements happening uh the first step was to read an obvious uh you know fantasy scenario books and then go into scenarios that are not like constructed with fantasy but you know with human drama like you know what we go through and what we imagine so in all these things i think there is a, a world that kind of expanded suddenly to into to entry into another world you know like so i was thinking maybe it's just uh, something that you can see it in books and movies and maybe nothing to do with real life because you know that's a practical way to kind of approach but later as i grew up and started working i realized that there is an entry into that world and there is a way to inhabit that world now there is uh, obviously there is my dad's uh, influence and my mom was totally a non book person but totally into gods and temples and so they were like two different schools at home um my mother's room was full of uh, uh, god pictures and those things and my dad's uh, room was full of intellectual books and marxism and communism and literature tamil literature so in a way the worlds don't meet except because i had two of them as parents uh, first i kind of really thought my dad was cool and later much later i started seeing my mother for uh, who she was so in a way these two worlds collided and there is a lot of magic realism coming through that because you know if you if you see like um, if you see like any movie like karnan or tiruvayadal or any of those you know tamil movies that you and i would have seen as a child there is fantastic stuff happening you know like and then there is pure graphic design somebody's throwing ball and becomes like a bomb yeah. and water and something like that now we can dismiss that as like oh games but you know there is it is it has got a visual history over this thing and if you see like like you said cave drawings it lab like somebody fighting with a spear or something is going on so you know in a way the mythology and 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 in like the intellectual things like like history they're all like kind of you know informs together you know how our thing and my brother uh, much ahead of me is 12 years older to me and he um, he uh, did cinematography acting photography and photography was one of his main things he still does it and uh, 
So the material aspect of photography, uh, which is seeing a camera, which is a Yashika or uh, Minota, and he gave me the first, my dad, meaning my dad gave me a first click three, but my brother gave me the first SLR. So I was like, uh, and more importantly, I think he set me off to using a 50mm and a 135mm. You know, he told me like block lenses. So I still see those, you know, like I, I shoot 50 and 135. So it's a, it's a certain influence like that. You know, like how you see, how you imagine. And like, no, like when you see like, what is the focal length that you see the world? These are all like uh, aspects that kind of see how you, you know, influence the way you tell stories. Yeah. So my, my, yeah, so that, that is, that is kind of a history, but in terms of movies, um, like I mentioned, like the 50s, 60s, a lot of black and white movies I've seen with my dad, a lot of books I've uh, read and much after. And even now I, I like, uh, I like books like The Little Prince, you know, uh, meaning which I've read a long time back, but still I remember uh, as being a very sweet thing. So, and at some point of time, I, I grew up thinking I should write, I should you know, pick, make pictures, I should make music, I should draw, I should take photographs. And either not like, and then later I thought I, I should buy a BMW. But, 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 uh, but then I thought like, you know, uh, these are like completely different worlds. Uh, I, I, I managed to do all this. I'm not the BMW because I kind of, I went into Honda and then like I thought like this is fine enough. Like, you know, I'm I'm good enough with this, but I want to build more on my artistic thing. Um, so there is a intention of like, you know, all this I like. You know, I love listening to music. So can I use something? Can I create something with it? Or can I be a part of this? Can I serve this? You know, those questions will come back and then when you try, you put those in into the thing back. Yeah, yeah. But growing up, did you think that you'll one day become a photographer? Um, actually, no. Um, yeah, even now when I you ask me a question, I go back to my twelve-year-old self. I had no clue, and it's it's partly because I was um, I was hopeful, but you know, pessimistic. I don't know like how these two words combine together, but. But I felt like uh, maybe um, I it'll be great if I do something with, with the arts and languages, you know. And uh, in fact, uh, post my, I, I did uh, biochemistry, which is, um, meaning I, I could have done um, uh, literature, but I did biochemistry. And then end of it, I got to, to, to a job in, in a pharmaceutical company, like a big job. They took me after a lot of these things. And just uh, when they all offering the, the letter and I kind of panicked. That's the first moment I panicked and said like, God, I wanted to write like poems and like, you know, like take pictures. If I go this route, then I went and told them I have to meet my, you know, relatives, blah, blah, blah. And then went and told them, Dad, please bail me out because I can't do this. And my mother told me like, can't you pursue something that you like? So I went into MBA, then like a little bit of advertising. So, so I think, um, I think that, you know, I didn't give myself the privilege to believe that I could do this. And only when it was about to be taken away from me, I realized, oh shit, I'd rather, you know, get that. So I still have that sometimes that problem in part of my life. Like, you know, I, I think like maybe I won't, I won't get it or I won't, 
I, I won't think like that. You know, I'll be happy just creating and then like whatever it follows. Yeah. Right. And you, after your MBA, you got into advertising, right? So, um, but in advertising, were you like a photographer or like a designer? What was your um, role? Yeah. Yeah. In advertising, there is this uh, business side, you not know, this servicing or uh, right. yeah, client management that they call. Um, so what I studied was not uh, related to writing or uh, art. So so therefore, I couldn't become an art director uh, or a writer. And I was happy to just go there as uh, a business guy, uh, writing briefs, interacting with clients, because my client communication was kind of all right. You know, communication skills were, were there in terms of, um, um, I mean, the language I polished much later, but, you know, like, if I interact with someone, I'll be able to understand their motives or like what do they think and then whether they buy this work or not. Those kind of things. So I used that and I used my uh, uh, creative skills to inspire the teams and try to come out with better briefs, have a good time, those kind of things. So it started as servicing. Then I then I worked in two, three uh, places. Then the, the longest stint was with uh, JWT, which was then called HT, then moved to JWT. That was like a fantastic. Is that why you met uh, Solo? Yes, yes. That's what I meant. It's a great organization. Yeah. Yeah. So Ravindran Solomon uh, was my dad's student. I met him as a a skinny 12 year old, 12 standard student. And I uh, I did internship at Mudra where he works. So he gave me a break there. Ah, okay, okay. So nice. I, my, I, I also was, went to Mudra I... for internship, but they didn't give it to me. <laughs> so yeah, it's interesting. I, yeah. I I did my first internship at Mudra um, in Chennai. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it's a really great experience. Yeah, so please mm-hmm. go on. So, how did your shift from client servicing to uh, to the artist to the you know the graphic side? Did it happen in yeah. the agency or outside of the agency? It happened. Uh, first of all, I'm yeah, I'm so grateful to everyone who um, worked with me at that time because um, they kind of um, it was not an insecure agency. Um, it was like a very free kind of an agency. So they were like, oh, you can do that. You can do that also. Like, you know, try it out. Um, and um, my colleagues, my bosses, they were all very supportive of that. So I could do like, you know, I'll just take off one day with the creative guys, go shoot something for them. We'll send it for awards. Then we will create a, another idea. In the meanwhile, I'll be like going and presenting work to my my client and then selling it or, you know, get feedback and going into meetings. So I could kind of... Then weekends, all our friends will be like shooting movies in the backyard uh, with some video camera and like, you know, taking pictures. So, so it was such a fertile, such a fun, uh, very creative, um, energetic time. So I didn't, um, I, I was like, okay, now one time, um, you know, I also made a calendar for, for JWT with like big pictures. Um, very inspired from Prabhu's kind of uh, Prabhu Gupta kind of work, and uh, it came out well. Um, but I never thought that I would go into this because I thought advertising was only like like a lot of lights and a lot of touch retouching and a certain kind of 
you know, I've seen a lot of people just come with like big gear and saying that, hey guys, now I've got this like, you know, get great picture. So I was not into tech. So I was like, maybe it's very heavy tech. So I don't want to like try it. Then um, I told uh, Anita, I was my manager saying that I'm, I'm you know, I want to, I'm done. I want to like try something else. So she said, you could do this now or finish this, go out and see what you can do. Um, at the same time, I met um, um, uh, Bharat and Moni who were like starting a graphic design kind of thing. And they told me they are doing like uh, photography, films, everything that I wanted, books. Um, and like a month before I told my colleagues sitting next to if somebody comes to me and tells me like I'm making books and pictures and films and videos, I'll walk with them. And they came and told me this. So I told everyone that goodbye. So one year I trained with them. Then I then uh, that agency kind of kind of closed down. So I came back saying I'm a freelancer now. So because of this uh, connection I had with JWT, they were able to tell me to come part time uh, and also gave me some shoots. You know, so in a way I was deeply like you know uh, grateful to that work even now because. Um, it's also like some of your friends who will take chances with you, no? Like they they will they will like put you out and they will give you chances because you're doing something that you know maybe they want to do or they want to support. That's going out and trying your own thing. So that whole phase um, worked out very well for me. Uh, you know that uh, that the leap worked out well. Right, right, right. So it's uh, so then it was oh, like the- I met. Uh, yeah, I met my partner in um, Ralph, which was that in-between agency that Bharat and Moni had started. And then we both, uh, Radha and I, started doing projects. Um, then we continued doing projects. Then we started doing our own stuff. But, you know, like, I think that that time was a certain defining time in terms of the right people coming together, opportunities, etc. I didn't create too much of art, though. But um, it was a good cushion pad to kind of come out and... Uh, start doing my own work, you know. So when did yeah. that start? Like you know, your 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 journey from a you know client servicing person to then sort of branching out on your own. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, you sort of doing all your commercial work, but when did your you know your personal journey into art? When did that start? Like, was it this, the same time, or was was that like an inflection point? Like, hey, I need to start exploring my own style and sort of going go into all of those interests that I have and then see yeah. what I can create, you know, as sort of a confluence of all those various sort of things that you yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. It it was parallel in some like, you know, it, it always existed. But you know, like for me to craft my um you know, photography skills. Um, even as for co- even for commercial work, it took uh, it took some time, and uh, it means that you try out everything that comes your way, then you succeed in some, then you build on it, and you fail in some. And uh, sometimes, for no reason of yours, the project will fail. So there is a, a lot of learning curve as a commercial photographer, and I do did want to like um, have both fields. I didn't want to entirely go into art because I I know that I had to sustain. Um, and also I like working with large teams and creating work for them. So I had like spent a lot of time initially putting together my, uh, my strengths when it comes to like, you know, handling equipment and, uh, working, all that. Finally, the, 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 the 
the, the voice inside will be very faint and you will acknowledge it and you will develop it. But then you're not creating something that is you, what you according to you is not substantial. I started parallelly, like, you know, when I came out of GWT, I started doing personal work. But it was like, in a, in a smaller measure, um, like cute, small stories um, based around my son, um, based around where I'm living, the crows that I see, those kind of things. Because it's, a, it's like you practice and sometimes you believe that that is enough. Uh, but then, like, you know, you build on it uh, much more and then you are in perpetual inspiration or agony or both because you think like, you know, like time is passing by and you're not, uh, you're not like doing something that these guys are doing and it's amazing. So there's a lot of FOMO that used to be there. Um, yeah. At some point, it kind of, yeah, it, it kind of, uh, it kind of breaks you or you get a, you get something that goes out and people like it. Um, because it's at this point, it's all external, right? You want validation. You don't want memory. Right. You want validation. You want people to think like, wow, this guy, look at him, like, you know, it's Jerry Maguire. He just quit his thing. Now he's got like the biggest thing going on for him. You know, like like Walter Mitty. Like, you know, you see the, the characters around you and you want to be like that. Um, later, you realize that, you know what, uh, whether people are seeing you or not, uh, the validation is coming from you. Like you wanted as a child to do five things and you are doing it. And what more do you need, right? You're exactly. able to create, you're able to sleep like thinking that, oh, my, like this, I did this and uh, I created this drawing or I created this loop. And so um, I'm not answering your question yet. Um, but the, the, this kind of a thing is where I am um, right now. But then what you're asking happened like five, six years back, wherein um, like maybe my dad's story coming out, maybe that's the first point of validation. Till then I'd gotten smaller uh, things here and there. But uh, something as simple as that, which I didn't know will come out. Uh, I did, I've, I've been going to Coimbatore. I'd been going to Coimbatore CM. Then I picked this thing and last minute I sent it out. And when it kind of came out as a good story and people acknowledged it, that's when I realized, you know, uh, all those things I try to construct with intellectual ideas are not like, haven't worked for me. Wherein something I cre created out of just sheer, sheer experimental um, fun and something personal, it connected with everyone. So it, it of course, it, it means sometimes you can you do construct stories that, you know, purely out of your brain. But this emotion kind of worked for me. And then it kind of, that is the first time, maybe in 2019 or so, that is much later, uh, you know, and I realized that, you know, like enough of FOMO, let's just try to enjoy things. Let's try to enjoy things and then try to enjoy good conversations, good interactions, and whatever we can create over time, it will kind of go somewhere, you know? Yeah, because, you know, it's you know, today you talk about all the social media channels, almost they're all like dopamine hits, right? Uh, Crazy. Yeah. So, you you know, everybody's kind of caught up in this kind of infinite loop. But uh, uh, when you start creating stuff for your own satisfaction, you know, that's when I, I feel like, you know, the best work comes out. Right. Yeah. Um, yes. Yes. 
right and you created without any kind of expectation yeah yeah a negative expectation yeah. thinking that you know i'm just sending it out i don't know what's going to happen and maybe everybody will forget it yeah but um yeah then i kind of did some more and some more and it worked out so wherever i'm doing this kind of um personal and experimental those are things are uh, that are like being recognized you know i did another story call him i took some pictures and made a photograph during the pandemic uh, that right. got selected uh, then recently i did uh, where is my home uh, stories about my mom and uh, me that right. got selected in since so these are all like intensely personal uh, stories which is true to me and therefore it might be true to you and several others yeah yeah it touches a chord with people yeah. i suppose yeah 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 yeah, right. yeah. All right so i mean uh, looking back are there things that you know looking at you know connecting the dots uh, i mean you cannot you cannot connect the dots you know you have to connect the dots only looking back uh, are there things that you would have done differently um yeah you know um i i don't have a answer one answer to this question because you know like um like you've seen with multiverse movie right that uh, that everything everywhere all at once you know like yeah. i've i've gone back and said like okay if i had not uh, joined biochemistry and joined uh, uh literature what would have happened uh, if i had not joined this if i had not like uh, married or felt not had like uh, separation or like you know like you know there's so many like dots right and i just don't know like how to predict uh, what would have happened and um, i think wherever i am of course it's added to this um but at the same time i know that i'm i i could have made some decisions differently in the past that um not out of awareness i i could have hurt myself less and others less so um you know so photography and art and you know these things are not just um, meaning i don't see as a i also see as a spiritual and philosophical act of um, you know understanding and growth and stuff like that you know it's just not like a, a unidimensional something that you put out so when i think about all this i feel like okay maybe maybe if i decided something earlier and tried out something uh, things would have been different but i don't know if you and i would be speaking today but but something would have happened i think we had choices and exercising of the choices you don't have the balls to do it at some point of time and you kind of sort of wrap around um, your logic saying it's better and safe for something but then if you're if for me to this coming your way you notice it earlier it's better you know because yeah. you close your eyes and think like maybe it will just go that way it's not going to go that way the damage is much more yeah to you and to others so this is something of course it's not related to photography but choices uh but the choices affect your way of thinking and the way of thinking affects your art and who you right. become and you can't be separate from who you are with your work you know in in this more and more what you what you delve into what are the kind of worlds that you are you know thinking of creating what are the humanity that you you see with your fantasy and these kind of things inform you know and so i take it as a 
think it as a way to to grow and think and evolve and right yeah if if anything like that is there yeah yeah and i mean as a as a photographer like were you sort of when you were starting out uh, you know this you know trying to figure out like what kind of a photographer i am going to be um in that exploration uh, were there influences that you look, looked up to or like or did you say no i'll do my own thing and make no, 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 no. for sure uh, for sure for sure um so there are like two streams one is of course this uh, what i keep coming back to which is 50s 60s uh, for, uh like the movies right like anything done by godard uh, satyajitri uh, kurosawa bergman you know all these great guys i used to go and watch with my dad inside one you know like a screening theater so those black and white dense grainy images uh you know much like this dog in uh, the longer than moriyama so those are um, some things i accepted long back i didn't see it as a grainy picture i saw it as atmosphere so there was like a lot of influence in that kind of an atmosphere and also you know like whether it's um, you know like this tamil writer or um, um um the great sujata um or godard or like bukowski you know like some of these guys take something like love or death or something and then twist it into a very like a fun kind of a thing and and poignant or poetic you know i like that kind of levity that you know people bring in so some of these are big influences and then um prabuddho dasgupta who passed away no more um he and his contemporary photographers in black and white lives um, that's amazing then in advertising i also liked uh, nadav kandar uh, his kind of images who is still a great uh, practicing photographer and i only knew like some of these limited uh, things and then i was influenced very much by like musicians like uh, leonard cohen bob dylan and youtube and uh, jim morrison doors joplin and beatles and you know a sense of like psychedelic um, imagery that they kind of conveyed uh, right. pink floyd and things like that so this is the universe so naturally image imaging is something that exists wrapped around these words or like correct it's like a yeah zip file like you listen to the song and it stuck it opens you to thousand images <laughs> floating your way and so yeah so i was in the middle of all that you know always like that's the inspiration and i feel like um drawing i like it's kind of something to do with your hand and your eyes and the photography is again um a form that occupies my head i think movies a little bit come to my um my chest and then something ra- about writing um is like a full bodied experience you know something that comes from your so there are like you know centers in your body that work uh for for different arts so that is also an interesting you know in a way that i kind of channel reading and writing on experiencing these things yeah. creating a couple of photographs uh, i i liked from your work was one where just like a um uh, juxtaposition of two photographs where you have your father's face and a plate with the uh, hey. uh with the tumbler hey. and then you draw a line from top yeah hmm? yeah and there's yeah. another photograph where, like you have legs and then you had drawn uh something on top hmm. right hmm. so i mean um uh, how did you kind of 
chance upon that idea and especially that caveman kind of drawings were yeah yeah and you said like i can only draw that or because that's what comes to you and you did that or and how 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 did this whole thing happen a uh, juxtaposition is um, something i'd have no explanation for um because it's just a, i feel i i just need to try something together uh by ca- combining some random things i would have thought like this uh, plate is what my dad eats and and um some association with my dad on the plate and the food and so so i would have tried to bring it up together um but the other like drawing of the legs and something i i really know like where it's it's come from but um i just let it come and go and then you know if it works it, it works um from childhood i've been i've been drawing like i had difficult ideas about like you know how to draw then i didn't have like proper anatomy sometimes i do like copy drawings so but i used to scribble a lot in my early school and college and uh you know even like when i started working but only when i kind of quit advertising and started drawing thinking conceptual kind of drawings and for me um i think again the influence of some of the old guys i've seen they draw very simply like child like uh kind of drawings but i didn't realize they do did that after doing everything structurally this is their diluted not the diluted this is their evolved form so i was right. like oh i was so simple like you know look at this kind of thing so i tried doing that initially didn't come out then i started doing a little bit more furnished drawings a little bit more uh, kind of proper drawings and slowly kind of withdrew from that to come to this point so i can't still like you know i can't draw you or like i can't draw anything that specific but if i there will be seasons of drawing where if i sit for like in two days five days maybe something will happen and then after that it happening happens for 10 days 3 days and then that ship will sail for like another 3 months and come back so i feel just when it comes i will i will start drawing now i mean right yeah yeah, right. yeah. and another question i have is like you you know the there's this conundrum like right you no know, you you have a style and it's like a double edged sword right the word style you sort of get trapped in it i mean it goes for uh, any artist i mean you take actors for example they're kind of trapped because rajinikanth is a great actor but he's kind of trapped in his own image he's like this he is his own enemy <laughs> sort of a thing like do you feel like that sometimes or do you say okay this this happens to me by style uh, I, how long am i going to continue this style or should i then break this uh and yeah. do you get into that space like do you have that question i think this is um uh, yeah meaning i think everyone goes through this question especially because uh, of the external validation for example like if i try all kinds of styles my instagram will look buggered totally right so you'll think like maybe i should just like do like this calm images um uh, but then um but then sometimes i feel like you know it's a like you said it's a gift and it's a it's a problem that you can do two three types of work now one way i've uh, thought about it is um a um if i'm doing it for myself or is it 
for an external validation. Like, you know, if I'm changing my style for myself to explore something, then it's okay. If I'm doing it for a bunch of others who I don't really care about, or like a bunch of people who are doing something in Instagram, then maybe I should restrict myself thinking not like that. At the same time, I know that I've, like now I have an Instagram only for my personal practice and a little bit of fashion or something. Because once I drop in anything else, even my drawings, it doesn't sometimes go back. So I know that this presentation is another choice that you're making with presentation. But with your website, it's a bit more farther. The other thing I think about is that, you know, like sometimes you randomly follow people who are like great, who are doing these things, but they'll be half your age. And, uh, you know, like your motivation and your energy at 20 to 30 is very different. You want to like, you know, like go deeper or you want to like just cause through something. And then when you're 45 plus and your energies are different and your motivations are different and you've gone through something. So often as photographers or artists, sometimes it's very easy to, to fall prey to following someone who's like one third of your range and thinking, oh, that's cool. I want to try it. But what they are doing, you can never do. Their attitude is different. They're born in a different era and like, you know, their uh, their uh, reflexes are different. What you can do, they cannot do. So I think it's a time to like also to say that, yes, my time is like, you know, different. Like this is the popular thing. This is what is happening in Instagram. These guys are 24 years old. These are guys are rocking. Yes, it's inspiring. But what is the 44-year-old, 50-year-old guys doing? Uh, what is the contemporaries doing? You know, what are the things, conversation they're involved in? What podcasts they're listening or what books and what world issue they are concerned with? What morality issue they're concerned with? If we tune into that and then we kind of make a connection with that sense of the world, then you will find that they are also kind of struggling with your your same kind of thing. And they are trying to, the lucky ones are creating much more uh, tune into themselves. And so, in a way, Instagram is a knack that is put on by much more younger people, I feel. And then, therefore, that stage is once in a while the channel is for you to go and see what is happening. Of course, you share. But they are getting work out of it. You're not getting work out of it. You're, like, just sharing some stuff. So, you need to know that, you know, you're you're not playing the game. So, if you're not anyway playing the game, then you just be yourself and do your stuff. And then, you know, I, I think post 40, 45 um, and before 50, I think there's like a big rage inside your head saying that, uh, you know, like, okay, now I'm coming back home. Like, you know, I want to like see who I am. I want to put out what I am because maybe there's uh, limited nuances that I can try uh, with its time and with people I meet and stuff like that. Um, so, uh, so therefore, therefore, you know, that your the question to your answer for me, if at all, when it comes, will come from this space, uh, from the space of knowing that, you know, I'm older and I'm a more mature artist. Uh, maybe I've traveled several uh, uh, lifetimes to come here. And at this point of time, if I'm looking at elsewhere, um, it's not going to work. You know, may as well just use what you have, explore what you have, you know. And that will keep you kind of fresh. That'll keep me fresh. And if I'm able to sell stories, see, everybody's going to like, all these great guys have like mentioned you. Everybody's going to go irrelevant, right? Like the greatest movie directors are at some point going to be irrelevant. They, they're going to last only for some time. Um, so therefore, therefore, instead of following others, sometimes what happens, you, you spend your time following others. And then when it comes time to 
do your thing, you don't know what to do because you kind of. So I hope like that disappointment doesn't come to to us, and then we are able to sustain it, even if it's a slow burn. I tell myself and tell some other people that that you know like like. Like maybe like you know, I saw five years back. I started seeing a certain kind of an artistic success uh, within myself and outside, and I hope it continues for another ten, fifteen, twenty years. You know, like and I continue to grow, continue to experiment, continue to like learn other things. You know, like maybe like go into music and learn it or produce. You know, like if I can leave this thing that I wanted as a child, uh, that is write, read, draw, make pictures, make films. And be in that environment, and of course now I want travel. I want like good um, relationships. I want to help people. There are a lot of like young photographers who come, uh, who who need direction, who need encouragement. Um, you know, like some of this balance it out. Then that will be like just great. You know, that's that's what I'm thinking. Right. Right. So just come uh, bookending this uh, conversation. Um, do you? have any future projects in mind number 1 and number 2 what will you uh, say to your younger self like oh, okay. one thing you want to say to your younger self what will that be yeah okay the first one is easy i do have um i have like three four big projects which uh, um which i will end up doing in the next few years um uh, long term kind of projects um there are short term projects which i'm shooting right now there is on um um the dream theater kind of one fantasy beautiful kind of project um then there is one about portraits of my friends which i'm trying to do then there is uh, one book uh, which um which we are putting out called the family album it's full of drawings it's a vision of a perfect universe how it can be with animals and humans and plants existing together in a in a say parallel universe so these are short term things is my partner designed it um um so the long term projects which i don't want to like discuss about right now but they are like important projects for me and there are some other important projects for the tamil language um which i uh, you know uh, things like that so yes i have a lot of exciting stuff which is uh, and also i feel enabled right now uh, to create those you know there is a certain proficiency with you know, with your craft and storytelling and confidence about your methods so now it's the time that you know like maybe the the really the things come together you know so Um, coming to my younger self, um, I, um, I I don't know. I would probably tell my younger self to 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 kind of honor honor his uh, feelings and his gut and his uh, and have have the to to say yes or no to things. and to also like not worry about missing out on something so therefore compromising on something you know uh, i think the biggest thing is i sometimes i've done like um uh, something else better comes i'll be like holding on to biochemistry or something like that you know like because i i don't know like i don't feel like privileged i don't feel like oh i might get these or i can manifest these so 
so I think like that gut, uh, I might like ask him to have, saying that all good things will come, trust in it, and just take decisions and then like move on, like, you know. Uh, just be patient and things will work out. Yeah, also I think, the, yeah, there is patience. Uh, yeah, patience I've always had. But the thing of like, you know, uh, like, like if I see now, if I put myself in the in the twelve-year-old self, now I might think I want to be experiencing the greatest joys in in art creation and human interaction and creating with others and maybe having a certain comfort and wealth. Um, and now I might be thinking, uh, maybe it's not achievable. Maybe it's not all this is not achievable. Maybe it's not realistic. But what if I believe? Yes. I am walking up to it. I am going to get this in the next few years. I'll have all all of this. And then I can help more people. I can help myself. I can enjoy a better life. Now, if I believe this way, then my decisions will be like different. Like knowing for right. sure that your dad is going to catch you when you're jumping. You know, then thinking that he might drop you. You know, he might get distracted. So a certain leap of faith like, like that and trust that right. I want for myself, you know. Uh, and I would have told the little boy to have it, but I'm telling now that I should have it. So it's a good, good point. Um, yeah. <laughs> Closing, I guess. Yeah. Thanks a lot Thank uh, for the Thank chat. It's really, really uh, good fun. insightful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Good fun. Uh, Thank you. Okay. Thank you. No worries. Pleasure is all mine. It's great talking to you. Great talking to you. That was Madhavan Parniswami, artist and photographer from Chennai, India. Many thanks to Ravindran Solomon for suggesting that I reach out to Maddie to get him on this podcast. It was a fascinating conversation with Maddie. So friends, that's a wrap for episode 39. As always, I appreciate each and every one of you who listen to this podcast. Please do share this podcast with someone you know who loves photography like we do. You can also visit photocountry.co and subscribe to our newsletter to be up to date with all our latest episodes. I have got some great photographers who will be coming on the podcast in the next few episodes. So stay tuned. Till then, stay safe and keep clicking. This is Raji signing off.